name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. I'm Hamad Zaidi, and I have a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. It is. Today, Jonathan, we're going to talk about something really fun, man. We're going to talk about music and songs that we love. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is. And you know what's great is what I've always said growing up and into my adulthood is you can watch your favorite movie maybe a hundred times. And that's a lot of times for a movie. Yeah. But, man, you can listen to your favorite song a zillion times. Totally. Yeah. No, right? Absolutely. So growing up, I mean, music really affected me. And, and I know the reason I want to talk about this today is I know that you used to be in a band. You're starting to pick it up again, right? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And, and I, if I could play an instrument, I would. But <laughs> I, I love, love music. Hey, you could you but, could you could play the drums. The, you know, the drummer from Def Leppard's got one arm, so yeah, it's true. And he he still plays really really well. Yeah, yeah. They just they just kind of uh, you know tailored the drum set to his to fit his needs, and it works. No, that, that is very cool. I've actually seen them in concert when I was a kid. I saw them uh, like in '83 in a Pyromania tour. Nice. You know, when they opened for Billy Squire and absolutely just crushed Squire's performance. And I love <laughs> Billy Squire. I love Billy Squire. Yeah. But, man, they were better, a lot better. And and then I saw him again, you know, after the accident. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's very, very good. But I'll tell you, man, growing up, there's certain key songs in our lives, as you know, that take us back to exactly where we were. Yeah. And don't think we're going to escape this podcast without me asking you what song you remember from <laughs> around the time that you got into your accident. Yeah, no, definitely. In fact, let's just start there. Go ahead. Oh, man. Well, the the first song that like I'll, I'll never forget and like totally affected me was it was 1988 and Metallica had just released their album called Injustice for All. And it was sure. the, it was their first video they made for the video one for the song one and i saw that video and i was like i want to do that like that is so awesome like that the song was awesome and i just loved their music and stuff so i i became a huge metallica fan you know at 10 years old and i just wanted to play guitar i wanted to be like metallica and play guitar and uh you know i i had always been into music even up until that point i probably right around the age eight or so I probably started listening to like heavy metal music, like you know, speed metal, thrash metal stuff. Like uh, the, the, that is so <laughs> wild. I know that about you, but I just think that's so. It's so opposite of your personality, which makes it so very, very cool. I love it. <laughs> and I, I don't even know how I. I think I kind of stumbled into it when um, I, I had a, an older friend who, because I had the Commodore sixty four, and my mom's best friend's son also had one and he was he had to have been at least five or six years older than me and uh, so we would always hang out like once a week and do geeky nerdy stuff on our computers but he would always bring over some albums and tapes and so he'd bring over these bands i'm like man this is awesome and like so i started listening to like anthrax and iron maiden and and bands like that at least by eight but i hadn't he he hadn't introduced me metallica until i saw that video and i was just like oh man i want to play guitar I want to be Kirk Hammett, play guitar, you know, bang my head all around like they're doing. I'm like that. That's just awesome. And so that yeah, that's kind of my that first, is awesome. My first song that really like affected me in that way, you know. 
No, that's awesome. You know what's funny is I just had an epiphany about six minutes ago, right before we started doing this. It suddenly dawned on me why I love the Beatles so much. Mm. Besides the fact that I love the Beatles and they're the greatest band that ever walked the planet Earth. But besides <laughs> that, you know why I love them so much? Mm. The first song I remember as a very young child, of course, the song came out before I was born, but the first song I remember that really affected me mm. was I Want to Hold Your Hand by mm. the Beatles. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, of course, with me, I took it a different way because a lot of people didn't want to hold my left hand. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I had kids, even friends would tease me about it, and they'd be like, God, that's really ugly, right? <laughs> so that's probably why I love the Beatles so much, man. You know, yeah, the that first song that really got to me was I Want to Hold Your Hand. So I was thinking to myself, these four guys in Liverpool hold my hand, you know? I kind of have to dig these guys. Totally. So that was the first one. The other main one, the other landmark song, was Hotel California. Mm. You know, because I've always been obsessed with moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. And so when I heard the Eagles song, Hotel California, it came out when I was uh, maybe five or six, you know? Yeah. And so I was probably aware of it when I was eight or nine. But when it came out, man, I'm like, this is my song. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when I'd be feeling sorrow or self-pity or be upset about something or anything, be upset about anything, I'd go into my room. I'd lock my door. I'd put my cos headphones on, right? Yeah. And I'd listen to music. And I'd listen to lyrics and i think i've told you before i'm a lyric guy i love lyrics how i fall in love with a band is if i like the lyrics hmm. right okay yeah you I'm, know i'm i'm not a lyric guy like i i'll i listen to more of the melody that they're singing than what's actually even being said mm. i'm exactly opposite of you yeah no I, I listen to the melodies and i listen to just the music overall like i can compartmentalize i don't know if that's the right word but i can i can focus in on just like one instrument and listen to just that instrument all the way through the song uh, i can't remember the name of the um i have a, I have a perfect example of that uh that that song uh, you know call me maybe oh yeah you know and and the first time i heard that song I, where I was in the car with my wife and i said this song is horrifically catchy like it, it is. It's the worst like lyrics in the world, but man, the melody and the music has this hook, and it just—it's an earworm. It just gets into you, you know. It does. No, it totally does. Like I said, when I, the second I heard that song, it's like this is horrifically catchy. Like it's an an atrocious song, but man, you can't get it out of your head. Once yeah, you, once no, here. No, that's, that's, you know that's so true. That is so 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 true. It's just like. Um, there's a song in the 80s, you're, you're way too young to remember, but you would have heard it. There's a song in the 80s called I'm Too Sexy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, it might have been like 1990, the uh, right said Fred, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it might have yeah. been later. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. but I, I remember that it, video and everything, definitely. <laughs> no. And if you, li if you read the lyrics, it's like three lines. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I'm too sexy for my shirt, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm walking on but, the on the boardwalk like a cat or whatever, like <laughs> right on the catwalk on yeah, the catwalk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's really wild about songs is they're not just happy memories. I also remember 
I had a relative that lived with us for a long time, and he used to listen to Jimmy Cliff. Mm. And Jimmy Cliff was like a reggae political guy in the early 70s. Okay. And he always listened to this song called Sitting in Limbo, mm. right? Which is a depressing song, a very depressing song. And he used to listen to it all of the time, right? And when I started listening to that song, I'm like, man, this is really sad, <laughs> right? Why am I listening to this stuff? It's so so sad. Yeah, no, yeah. Music is uh, it, it's a really powerful thing. It, you know, it has that that sense of time travel to it too. Like we were kind of saying, like there was a handful of albums that I was listening to. I would, I was like extremely active before I got in my car accident. So like. I just rode my bike literally like everywhere. I would I would ride my bike like the next towns over, like because there's all these back roads, so I didn't have to like ride on the highway. And like I would ride my bike everywhere, so I would have my Walkman on with my headphones on. I'd just be pedaling everywhere. And there are these handful of albums that I like cassette tapes that I had in my Walkman that I was, that I'd be listening to. And so anytime I hear any of those songs, it's like shoof, I get like sucked back into you know 1992, and it's like I can see. You know, I can I can see me on my bike pedaling, and you know, it's crazy what music can do to you. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know what? Thank you for sharing that. You just uh, triggered another memory. Can I tell you real quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's two quick memories I want to share regarding music. One is, I forget the movie, but Hilary Duff made a film years ago mm. where she sang the Who song, My Generation. Mm. And I was watching it. I don't know why I was watching it. I, I have an affinity for bad movies. So I was, I was watching this movie, and at the end of the credits, they had this song on, My Generation. Mm. And she changed the most famous lyric of the song. Really? You know, the song's biggest line is, I hope I die before I get old mm. in my generation. And it's because... In the 60s, when the Who released a song, there's this belief that you don't trust anyone over the age of 30. Okay, okay. Right, it was a political song, Yeah, right? yeah. She changed it to, I hope I don't cry before I get old. And what in the I world? I heard is that, that? <laughs> right? And I'm like, what? That is so stupid, right? And I remember just going nuts, and Shaheena's like, why do you care what some 16-year-old sings? And I'm like, but that's blasphemous, man. That, that's that's Roger Daltrey. That's Pete Townsend. That's the Who. That's that song defined the political unrest of the '60s. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I hear you. You know? Yeah. It's so funny. Only to be topped by. Do you remember that TV show Glee? Yes. So I've I watched. I think season one, I thought that it was interesting and fun. And then it just got a bit ridiculous for yeah, me. Yeah, I went overboard. My wife and I, I think we watched the first season. We might have watched the first episode of the second season. We're like, yeah, okay, we're done. <laughs> well, no, it was a great little show when it was fresh. Yeah, yeah. And then it failed to be fresh any longer. Yeah. But anyway, my point is they sang a rendition of Meatloaf's um, what's oh, that song? Paradise by the Dashboard Light? Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be I'll Do Anything for You. Yeah, I'll Do Anything for Love, that one? Yeah, yeah. No, no, they did Paradise by the Dashboard Light, right? Okay. And 
I remember talking to my um, sister-in-law, and she was listening to the Glee version of that song. And she's like, I love this song. And she played it, right? Yeah. In the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a horrible rendition. (laughs) 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 Of course, that wasn't very nice of me. But, But I told her, I'm like, do you know what the song's about? And she goes, well... Well, yeah, you know, it's 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 about whatever, like dating. I'm like, no, it's not just about dating. It's about two teenagers having sex in a car, right? Yeah. Which is what it's about. Right. And she's like, no, it's not. I'm like, listen to it, you know. But the thing is, Glee made a three-minute version of an eight-minute song. Yeah, so you got to cut a lot out. You got to cut a lot out. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, uh, what's that line from that song, Jonathan? Do you know the song I'm talking about? Honestly, I, I never really listened to t- too much Meatloaf. You know that—that's the thing about me. I missed out on a lot of a lot of different types of music because when I was a metalhead, it was metal or die. You know, like I—I I wouldn't listen to any. I could hear two seconds of, or a second of something, and I'd be like, "That's not heavy enough. I'm not even going to listen." Oh my god! I, I gotta get. You know, when we do our cross country trip. We're, you're going to bring a lot of metal that I haven't heard, and, and I'm going to bring a lot of music that you chose not to listen to over the years. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why, like, when I stumbled across Rush, I was like, man, these guys are amazing. Like, you know, I I only heard their songs on the radio, and I'd be like, yeah, these guys are okay. Like, I don't see why everyone says they're awesome or great. What do you mean, okay? Rush is incredible, Well, man. I mean, the songs they play on the radio, like, I mean, they're good, but I, I wouldn't, I, you know... I wouldn't put Rush on like my top ten favorite bands, you know. But then I stumbled across a song somehow. I don't remember even how I stumbled across it, but this other song, and I don't remember what song it was either. But it just it wasn't ever played, and it wasn't their one of their radio songs. But it was on, I think it was their twenty one twelve album. And I was just oh, I love that album. Yeah, I love I'll, that album. And I was just like, this is Rush. I was like, they're, they're like two different bands. And so, so I was like, what else have I missed from these guys? So I, I just hopped on Amazon Music and downloaded their entire catalog and just started listening to stuff. And I was just like, man, now I get why these, why people say like they're in this awesome band. Cause they're, they're like, again, their radio stuff was good. It was okay. But compared to the stuff they didn't play on the radio, to me, they're two separate bands. Oh, no, I totally agree. In fact, some of my favorite songs from Rush are not radio hits. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Closer to the Heart, Fly by Night. Um, spirit of the radio, those songs are not big hits. Yeah. Like, like you know. But I remember seeing Rush when I was uh, 15 years old. 1983, Signals Man, was I, a tour. I had the opportunity, well, I, I, I didn't know it, but after I had discovered them, a few months prior to that, a friend of mine used to be a, pr- like a, a pretty popular DJ at our like local, like pretty popular station in Boston. And so he's always going to concerts. He ended up going to one of Rush's last shows at uh, one of the casinos here in Connecticut. And, right. And we were talking. I was like, oh, man, I finally started listening to Rush. They're amazing. He's like, dude, I wish you would have told me that two months ago. He's like, I ended up bringing my daughter just because I didn't want to go alone. <laughs> he was like, she didn't even really want to go, but she went with me. And I was like, he's like, I would have loved to bring you. I was like, oh, man, that would have been awesome. But I missed out on it. So... That is, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I'll tell you this much about music. 
more so than anything else in my life, music has been my therapy. Mm. More more than anything. No, you know, me, yeah, me too. when when uh, just you know, so whenever I'm really down or whenever I'm really up, right? Yeah. Music is what balances me. It always has been, always will. Yeah, no, I mean, I those you know, few years after my mother had passed away, I I buried myself in music. I mean, I had uh, I'm not even sure how many CDs I hit before I kind of started selling. I probably had like 750 CDs. I I would I would go to the store and just be like, I'd find a new band. And I'd be like, I'm just going to buy everything they have in the rack of that band. Boom. Like, So I'd go to check out, and I'd have 20, 30 CDs stacked up. And I would do that pretty frequently. And I, was, I would just, like I said, bury myself in music. And, you know, this kind of comes back around to how powerful music is because I listened to some, like, you know, I started off with, you know, heavy metal and all that, but I listened to some downright, like, evil music. Like, it, it, you know, people you know, people might have heard like death metal and and black metal. You might have heard of those terms or whatever. But sure. I mean, this stuff is it's truly. I mean, it's it it it's evil. Like it just surrounding yourself around that kind of music. Like you know how you're saying like your friend will listen to that that song and it's just really depressing. Well, this music it, it music affects you. You know whether you, people admit it or not. And sure it does. So I started surrounding myself around this type of music, and I, I was in some really. Some really dark times for a while. Just you know, like I said, listening to this music, the the people in these bands are, like, just you know, to put a you know, to, not to put not to say anything against them, but the music they were producing was extremely evil. I mean, you know, one of the bands, the the, the drummer in the band hung himself to prove that he was more evil than anyone else in the in the band. He hung himself <laughs> in their in their practice room, and then the band used that picture as the next album cover. Okay, now that's disgusting. Yeah, and so like that—that's how grotesque these bands are. Like, so if, if they go to that sort of limit to do things, you can imagine just what like the music was. It's just like just pure evil stuff, you know. And I, uh, you know, started coming out of that as I, you know, <laughs> became a Christian. I was just like, this stuff isn't good, and I just started throwing a lot of it away. I was like, no one needs to be listening to this trash, and so I, I threw a lot of it away, but. Um, yeah, I mean, music is, is totally powerful, though. It can, it can swing your emotions one way or the other. No, no, it definitely can. And I had uh, uh, quite the uh, CD collection, too, growing up. You know what I remember? Mm. This is going to make you laugh. I remember getting financing to buy my first CD player. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Now they're like 50 bucks, right? When yeah, I back, got it. Back then, it they were was, probably 800 or 1000 bucks yeah, or something. $799. Yeah, totally. Right, and I'd make eighty dollar payments because you know there's interest. I was a teenager, so they were charging me like God knows how much interest. Right? Totally. And you know what? What music has relaxed me the most is Pink Floyd music. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can listen to Pink Floyd. My two favorite bands of all time are the Beatles and Pink Floyd, and I can listen to both of them a lot. So when I just want to have fun and have a peppy day, I listen to Beatles. And when I just want to completely chill out, I listen to Pink Floyd. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But uh, do you remember, let me ask you before we wrap up, do you remember the last song that you listened to before your accident or the first song after? Do you remember that time at all? I would have to say that the, the album that I listened to just over and over and over and over again was Pearl Jam 10. 
That was a great album. That I, I would listen to that, you know, A side to B side, back to A, back to B. Like I, I would just constantly be playing that that tape in my uh, Walkman. Like I said, riding my bike around, you know, playing in my stair at home. I mean that 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 was my my tape of choice at that point. I I I never I ner- the Nirvana uh, Nevermind had kind of just come out. I was kind of listening to that, but not really. I was I was definitely entrenched with uh, Pearl Jam ten. And then after the accident, that's when I got my first CD players after I got the car accident. And um, my uh, my mom bought me like these really awesome speakers for my stereo. And like I said, I just I just started listening to all kinds of music. I'd have to say probably Megadeth was the band I listened to the most kind of after after I got my car accident. My cousin would come to the hospital. He was with me when we got in the car accident. He, would, I remember him bringing a bunch of like mixtapes. Like every time he'd come up to the hospital, he'd bring up like a bunch of mixtapes and have a whole bunch of different stuff on. He he liked uh, Zeppelin. <laughs> There's a band called Gore. He put a lot of that on the uh, <laughs> on the mix. I don't know. Have you ever heard of them, Hamon? I have not. No. Huh? They're, they're definitely like, definitely Zeppelin, not Gore. Yeah, it's G W A R. They're kind of like a um, sort of like Kiss, but crazier <laughs> like they, they get all dressed up and they do wacky stuff and their songs are kind of you don't know, take the songs they're almost like a weird al yankovic meets kiss but they write their own music oh that's funny so they're, hey they're, you know you, your, your mention of cassette tapes just uh triggered something that yeah. i want to share before we wrap up yeah when i was a kid i used to make cassette tapes to give to girls that I liked in totally. grade school. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, and and I would try to find songs that said what I was too shy to say. Okay, okay. Right, so they'd be like a whole like playlist of love songs or cool songs. If I could find a song that had the girl's name in the song, I'd choose that. Okay, right? yeah. And and here's a funny thing. I know I've told you, and I know you know that my um. Film companies called Lonely Seal. Yeah. The funny thing is, I used to make these cassette tapes, right? And when you bought a cassette tape, it'd come with like that inside sleeve. Right. And it had like right? the stickers on it you could write on and stuff. Right. You yeah. had like, like, like little lines you could write on, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I used to write, when I would make a song for a young woman, for a girl, I used to write, you know, Produced by Hamad Zaidi, right? <laughs> and then, and then I would, and then I'd write on there, copyright 1978, Lonely Seal Records. That's funny, right? And the funny thing is, when I first got into Daily Variety, and I haven't been in Variety very much over the years, but the first time I was in was October 17th, 1994. Mm. when me and uh, my producing partner at the time, who's still a great friend of mine, Christopher Olson, acquired the rights to a book called Local Rules by Jay Brandon. We got in variety, right? Yeah. When we acquired the rights. And, you know, that was on cloud nine, right? Yeah. So when the word got out to my old grade school and high school friends that I acquired my first property to develop, uh, an old friend of mine sent me a photocopy, and she's like, check this out. I just found this in a box. And it's one of those inside cassette sleeves in my handwriting. 
<laughs> of a tape that I wrote to her, right? Yeah. And it said, you know, recorded at Lonely Seal Studios, 1977, produced by Himad Zaidi, blah, blah, blah. Man, I, I just thought of a... I guess it's funny now, but maybe at the time it wasn't. I, you know, speaking of like mixtapes and stuff, so there's a girl I was going out with, you know, she gave me a mixtape and we ended up like breaking up. I don't remember exactly like what brought it on. I think I broke up with her and, and I was like, and I, and I found her tape and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to like send it to her just to like, like mail it back to her just as like a definitive, like we're done kind of thing. Like <laughs> that's so mean. Dude. And, yeah. But ch- <laughs> check this out though. <laughs> so I, I sent, I, I sent it back, you know, put it in the envelope, put her dress on it, sent, you know, my mom filled it out and sent it back. She ended up calling me. Guess, guess what day she, and I didn't plan this. I had, I had, I had no clue what was going on. Like, but guess what day she got the, uh, the tape back in the mail. Valentine's Day. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so mean and that it equally is funny. That is so mean. <laughs> I t- and I totally wasn't even aware of like <laughs> the date or anything until she called me and she was like crying and yelling at me. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I honestly, I really didn't mean to you to get it on that. on today, I was just like, I'm so, so you know, I'm sorry about that. But, oh, man, like, <laughs> you couldn't have planned that out, you know, to work out that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's very funny. That is very, very funny. <laughs> but, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I could go on forever, but we should wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, what I guess to, to wrap it up, what what are some of the things uh, like for me? I've, I ha- I honestly haven't really listened to like music and like really listened to it in a, probably a, kind of a long time. But I have been stumbling across stuff here and there that I like. Like now, I love like really technical jazz music. Like my wife calls it like elevator music, but I I love it. Like the, the more technical the music is, the more I love it because I. I I took, oh, that's cool. I took music theory all through high school, all through college. Like, I, I probably could have gotten a, a minor in, like, music when I went to school, but, um, like, just by default. <laughs> but, um, so I, I love, like, really technical playing. Like, I, you know, when I hear someone playing any instrument, I'm just like, they're awesome at what they do. Like, I can just tell, you know, right away. And so I love, like, really technical music. So one genre I stumbled across in math rock. It's basically what math rock. It's ba- it's uh, basically I would call it jazz rock. It, it's like again, it's like really kind of technical playing, but it's like rock and roll. So it, it it's pretty cool. So I started listening to I, I listened to a couple of you know bands that do that kind of style. It's pretty cool. But like I said, you know jazz music I, I really like to listen to and um you know anything technical. So but that's yeah. what I, that's what I try to listen to though. Yeah, you know, I get stuck in things, you know? Yeah. Like, every now and then, I get obsessed with a band, but they're usually not new bands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I went through, the Beatles phase will always be, and the Pink Floyd phase will always be, and the Who phase will always be, and the Rolling Stones phase will always be. Yeah. Outside of those four, like, I go in and out, and I love all these bands, but I go in and out of my Journey phase, I go in and out of my Queen phase, my David Bowie phase, you know, my Zeppelin phase. The thing with Zeppelin is... Here's the thing with Zeppelin. I love Zeppelin, but 
uh, you know, just like you are with Rush, I like their songs that weren't the hits. Yeah, yeah. Way more than their songs that were. Yeah. Right? And, I, you know, like, I can't even listen to Stairway to Heaven anymore, although I think it's a beautiful song. Yeah. It's a no, great hear, song, yeah. but I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And then uh, Bare Naked Ladies, you know my love for them. Oh, yeah. I listen to them a lot. And you know, you know I'm doing something right when I put Bare Naked Ladies on in the car and it's not even one of their hits. It's a B-side that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. And my daughters know exactly what song it is. Yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, good job. So that's why I wanted to talk about my, our love for songs and how they shape um, who we are. Yeah, no, definitely. So if you guys want to subscribe, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Also check out uh, 59 Seconds of Cloud 9. Thank you all for listening and downloading. And if you also want to check out toysaccessible.com, it's a website that sells uh, accessible toys for children with various types of disabilities at toysaccessible.com. Yep. And if you want to send us an email, you can email us at info at limpingoncloud9.com. That's info at limpingoncloud9, the number 9.com. And everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.